0: everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. A mom looked at her daughter's best friend and noticed an Asian tattoo on her back. She said, I didn't know you had a tattoo. And she said, well, yeah, it's brand new, but please don't tell my parents. The mom goes, I'm not. But she said, I've got to ask you, what does this Asian symbol mean on your back? The girl replied, honesty. (laughs) I had this idea for this sermon several months ago. I was speaking at a venue and back in the green room, there was an NFL All-Pro with his girlfriend. And I had met them before. And we talked a little bit. And then they, they left the green room. And I was talking to a gentleman that knows them. And I said, how are they doing? He said, oh, it's typical. I go, what do you mean typical? He said, well, this guy is just riding the fence, one foot in the NFL lifestyle, the weed, the women, the parties, and one foot in the church. I thought, I'm going to do a series on that because that is a popular way to live. The Bible talks a lot about being double-minded, the dangers of being double-minded. In fact, God would rather you live like hell and follow the devil than having one foot in the church and one foot out. You remember the book of Revelation? We studied that. He talked about the church at Laodicea. They were lukewarm. Push me, pull me, people. One foot in, one foot out. What did God say? You make me sick. You make me want to throw up. You make me want to vomit. I love how our God wants to save us energy and time. I love how our God wants us and demands us and coaches us and cheers us on to live the single-minded life. It's throughout scripture. You see, he knows the angst. He knows the stress that's going to be involved if we live the double-minded life. But how do we live the single-minded life? I want to talk to all of us that struggle with that duplicity, who struggle with push me, pull me, push me, pull me. The classic text I want to draw your attention to is 1 Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18 is back in the Old Testament. And this is just the epitome of the double-minded life Versus the single minded life. I do want you to understand one thing about the single minded life. And I believe everyone here wants to live the single minded life. You're like, yeah, I want to live the single minded life. And and God says it's the only way to live. Here's the first thing I want you to understand about the single minded life the single minded life will single you out. The single minded life will single you out. When I live the single minded life, I will be singled out. You will be singled out. Elijah, the E-train, was single-minded. This guy was in a situation that was completely and totally cray-cray. God's people, God's chosen people were supposed to follow him and they'd have some really good runs. They'd followed the Lord and they'd seen God do all these amazing things. However, leadership, leadership, leadership. They had a leader, King Ahab. And King Ahab was double-minded, and he made a horrible, I do, decision. He married a pit viper straight from hell named Jezebel. Jezebel led God's people into Baal worship. Idolatry. Are you kidding me? Baal. is Baal worship? They were building shrines and they were building all of these idols. Baal worship is basically the worship of power, possessions, and pleasure. It was really cool. And God's people, they were like, okay, I'll straddle the fence on this. Yeah. Jehovah, he is God. Yeah. God has done amazing things, but I like that Baal worship. I mean when I when I go to church for Baal worship, there are orgies, they're temple prostitutes, materialism, all this stuff. So so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna straddle the fence. I'm just I'm just gonna sit the fence. Uh, this is this is the way to live. Well, Elijah tells Ahab and Jezebel, you know what, guys, because of your rebellion because of your pathetic leadership, it ain't gonna rain for 42 months. So they were in a drought. Cattle keeling over. Lakes were dried up. So we have this epic battle, this this, this meeting when Ahab and Elijah go toe-to-toe. When I was playing basketball at Florida State University, and I talk about this a lot because it was very significant in my life, I was the only Christian on our team. Oh, I was singled out. Are you kidding me? Traveling around the nation with a bunch of hellions. Oh, My freshman year made fun of me, abused me, this and that. Yet the next year, my sophomore year, something strange happened. I felt the pivot. They began to Ask me about situations. They begin to talk to me about their problems. One even said, You know, there's something different about your life single mindedness. So I'm not going to lie to you up here. I'm not going to say it's the easy life. The Christian life is called in the Bible a war, a race a wrestling match. You see, we're warriors. We're not to be double-minded. So Elijah meets with Ahab and goes, Hey, Ahab, you're this problem here. You're the reason why this drought is taking place. And here's what Ahab did. He, he, he did what I love to do when I'm confronted. He pointed the finger at blame. That's what Ahab did. You know what Ahab said? This is, this is sick, man. Here's this guy living in sin, took the entire nation away into Baal worship because of a wrong I do decision. He's blaming the E train, Elijah, for what's happening. I lived in a dorm that had a lot of people at Florida State. I was on full scholarship. We had maid service, food. There was even a full bar at the bottom floor in our athletic dorm. That's a whole nother story. No wonder we got in trouble with the NCAA. Anyway, <laughs> only three people. Only three people in the entire dorm went to church. And I was one of those three. Now, I've kept out with, you know, a number of people that didn't go to church. And I look back in their life, you know, if they're still living it's pretty much been train wreck after train wreck after train wreck. Something's different. See, this single-minded life works. God's way works. And I've yet to meet a person who has said, you know what? I'm living for the Lord, and my life is jacked up. Please show me that person if you know that person. I've never met him. So Elijah, man, his, his squad was... Was stout. He had Obadiah. If you read this story more and more, there were several thousand people who were believers, yet Jezebel was killing believers left and right. So here's what he says: I'm I'm giving you the quick cliff notes. Elijah gets up in, in Ahab's face and goes, Okay, all right, let's let's just have a challenge, let's have a royal rumble. Baal against Jehovah, your God. You and Jezebel's God against my God. And I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go to your home field, Mount Carmel. That's right. That's, that's Baal worship's home field. And we'll, and we'll play you guys. And I'll tell you what. You go ahead and be on the receiving team. You build an altar for Baal. Then you pray. And you say, Baal, answer by fire. If Baal answers by fire, Baal wins. But if Jehovah God, if the Lord answers by fire with the altar I build, we win. And Ahab's like, man, I'll take that deal all night, all the way to the bank. So that's what happened. Single mindedness singles you out. But notice this single mindedness sends a message. Because when this deal happened, what do you think happened? Ahab sent a message out to the entire nation. I've been to Mount Carmel, 1,742 feet high. I've been right there numerous times as I've traveled to the Middle East. It is a epic spot, a beautiful spot. The acoustics are ridiculous so that's where the whole thing went down first Kings chapter 18 verse 20 so ahab sent a message among all the sons of israel and brought the prophets together at mount carmel 850 prophets of baal baal will incarcerate you because see baal worship is in effect right here baal worship is in effect in miami Baal worship is in effect in Europe because we have many watching from Europe on our on our online church, our online campus. Baal worship, power? Are you kidding me? Possessions? Pleasure? Oh yeah! Some are like, oh, this is so barbaric, I can't believe this. I mean, Baal worship, who would be that? Who would be that crazy? Who would be that overt? Just look around. So they had the showdown at Baal Field. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, at Baal Field. So they built their altar, the prophets of Baal. Jezebel was right there giving them hell. Poor Ahab, what do you want, honey? I mean, you know, totally dominated, emasculated. (laughs) So all these prophets build this altar, and they start freaking out, man, doing all of this stuff, dancing, praying for fire, cutting themselves. For nine hours, they did this. Are you ready for that? And Elijah is just watching them. And this is very interesting. Do you know trash talking was invented in the Bible? Elijah starts trash-talking to Ahab, Jezebel, and the prophets of Baal. Okay, Elijah, this is out of the message, challenged the people. So here he is at Baal Field. He takes the mic. People of Israel, Israel, Israel. This is Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. And he just says this. Elijah challenged the people. How long are you going to sit on the fence? fence? Fence. If God is the real God, God, God. Follow him. Him, him. If it's Baal, follow him. Him. Make up your minds. Minds, mind, mind. Nobody said a word. Nobody made a move. These are God's chosen people. Double-mindedness. Back and forth. Push me. Pull me. How long will you waver? I want to ask you the same thing between two opinions. Seriously, how long are you going to sit on the fence. As I look at this text, you know, until we know what the problem is, we'll not be able to solve the problem. And those who are double-minded, look at our culture, what do they do? They just concentrate on the consequences. They never get to the problem because they don't know the problem. They don't. And that's the double-minded life. You'll never understand the issue if you live the double-minded life. Life. So single mindedness singles you out, number one. Number two, single mindedness sends a message. What message are you sending with your life? People are looking at you, they're looking at me. And also, single mindedness creates margin, it simplifies our life. Look at the prophets of hell, of Baal, warn, slap out nine hours dancing and cutting themselves and screaming and praying. Baal, answer us! Baal, answer us! Worn out. You want to be worn out? Live the double-minded life. Worn out. About a decade ago, I had dinner with a multi-billionaire And during the dinner, at his home, you know, the butlers and everybody, the whole thing, I just really, because I had known this guy for a while, I really felt led to kind of look at him and say, you know, choose this day who you're going to serve. Stop riding the fence. I just felt led to do it. I knew it was a God thing, so I started having this conversation with him. Heavily involved in Baal worship, this guy. Super powerful. He began to weep. Dropped his head. The guy was in a mess. And he began to describe his life. He went through a long time in his life. Power! Answer me! Power! I've got this position! I've been written up in this magazine! These thousands of people work for me! Power! Answer me! Answer me! Silence. Silence. Possessions, money, answer me. Maybe another hundred million will do it. Maybe another yacht will do it. Maybe another house will do it. Answer me, answer me. Nothing. Maybe pleasure is it. Another high price call girl, another orgy, another porn star. Yeah, that'll do it. Another conquest. Yeah, sex is the answer. That'll do it. Let me tell you something, big boy. You're never gonna have the power this guy had. Never. You're never gonna have the money, the bank he had. You're never going to have the women he had, and his life is totally screwed up. He is a double-minded man. He is a Baal worshiper, and Baal can't answer. What are you doing? You're trying to get your little G God to answer big G God concerns? It's not working and you know it's not working, when are you going to be man enough to stand up and say, God, you're God. I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to screw my life up anymore. I'm going to be the kind of husband. I'm going to be the kind of father. I'm going to be the kind of businessman. I'm going to be the kind of life change that you desire. When? When? Baal doesn't work. You get the bail out, you'll get the hell out. When are we going to do that? Single-mindedness creates margin because you know what the E-train did? E-train makes, <laughs> makes an altar. And while he's making this altar, he's talking trash to the Baalites. You know, what He's telling them, hey, where is your God? I think your God is sitting on the toilet. That's what it says in the original language. That's trash talking. He makes an altar. They spend nine hours trying to get fire, silence. He throws up a little prayer. After he has drenched his altar three times, he throws up a little prayer. (laughs) And what do you think happens? Well, let's just read it. First Kings chapter 18, verses 38 and 39. Then the fire of the Lord fell. The God (laughs) who can't burn wet wood is no good. The fire fell. And the fire in the Bible represents the power, the purity, and the presence of God. And burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil. The God who can't burn wet wood, I'll say it again, is no good. And also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Oh, now! Woo! What a life change. What a 180. What repentance. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Single mindedness demands a decision. So, number one, single mindedness singles you out. Number two, single mindedness sends a message. Number three, single mindedness creates margin. Number four, single-mindedness demands a decision. How long are you going to sit on the fence? How long are you going to straddle the fence? How long are you going to pursue the push-me, pull-me light? Oh, man, but Elijah, this guy is the prophet of God. What do I have in common with him? James 5, 17, he was a man just like you and me. He just had that relationship with the supernatural God. Do you want to miss out on miracles? Do you want to miss out on God moving? Live a double-minded life. Oh, yeah. Jesus one day was talking, and he said in John chapter 10, verse 9, and and let's, let's read it together. One, two, three. I am the gate. Let me stop there. The definite article. Not like a gate, not like a way. I am the gate. Just keep reading. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. Three things. Jesus is the gate. When we open the doors of our lives and invite Christ in, when he comes in, we'll be saved. We'll be safe. And we'll be satisfied. I was at the grocery store recently. I don't go all the time, but I was there. And I watch people walk up to those electronic doors for all different walks of life. The door never said, nope, sorry, you can't enter. If they had faith enough to walk toward it, it would open. This is the gate. That's right, this is the gate. Jesus is not gonna push me or pull me into the kingdom. But if we enter through this gate, we'll enter through the gates of heaven. Have you opened the door of your life to Jesus? He wants to meet you right where you are. The double-mindedness, the chicanery, the duplicity, the push me, pull me. He wants to meet you right where you are. Invite Jesus to come in. Because when you receive the sinless, sovereign, singular savior, he'll save you. You'll have eternal safety. And you'll know what satisfaction is all about. Let's pray as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed here, or maybe you're watching somewhere in Asia on Fellowship Live. Maybe you're somewhere in Canada. Maybe you're at our campus in Miami. You could be downtown Dallas. You could be Fort Worth, Southlake. I don't know. But this is your time. You can make this decision that I made years ago to give my life to Christ. you might be going, Ed, how do I do it? Jesus wants to meet you right where you are, even in your double-mindedness. Just say this prayer, and you can move from being double-minded to single-minded. Just say, God, I give my life to you. I acknowledge that you sent Jesus to pay the penalty on the cross for my sins. And right now, I ask you to take control of my life. I open the gate of my life. Come in. I open the gate. You come in, Jesus. I give you everything I am and everything I'll ever become. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com.